one shot, one shot, one opportunity to bomb it like you've always wanted. In one moment, one moment, would you hit driver or just lay up? His grips are sweaty, breeze weak, hazards heavy. There's ketchup on his polo already, vodka in the Yeti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting to keep his head down. His group goes so loud, he knows his next move, but his miss freaks him out. He's choking up how everybody's laughing now. The boy's howling, clubs up loud. Snaps back to the left again. Oh, there's a penalty. Oh, reload. Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast with your hosts, Matt Smith and Jerry Lou. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining us for episode number five of the Bomb Squad Podcast, a podcast where I'm the captain now. My name's Jerry Lou, and joining me as always is the Cinderella boy about to become Masters Champion, Matt Smitty Smith. Matt, how you doing today, buddy? Good, man. But if you're the captain, am I the terrorist, like, trying to get them? Am I the pirate, or am I, like, the guy who's coming to save you? It's a metaphor unfortunately. <laughs> uh, fair enough. No, I'm doing well, man. How are you? <clears throat> I'm doing great. Doing great. I got some, uh, some golfing in and some uh, work in. Worked at Sheep Ranch this morning as of recording this. And by the way, uh, before we get to what Smitty's been doing golf-wise lately, we want to thank all of you for listening to us so far. We're about to drop these live soon. I'm not telling you when we're recording this now, but if you've been sticking with us so far, if you've been binge listening, thank you very, very much. Uh, by this time, uh, Hopefully my old fans have crossed over and we have a new fan base regardless. Uh, and we're here to uh, share our golf struggles. And um, honestly, we need it. Like I said, we need a brag board or something. This is, this is the place it's called the bomb squad pod for a reason. This is a place to come sound off about golf. So Matt, you got anything to sound off about from golf wise? Personally, I, I, you know, I guess with some changes to our, our men's league setup, instead of skins, we have skins and ringer board this year, which is kind of nice. So the ringer board, obviously low score on each individual hole all year for men's league, count up your lowest score. I'm really looking forward to that. So I, I eagled my first par five of the year in men's league this year. So ah, bully. Yeah. So I, yeah, there's that. That's all I got. I'll see. Ironically enough, I had, uh, I had an eagle the other day in a round where, um, God, was it Monday or Tuesday? I went to my club and uh, a private, the only private club in the county where I happen to be a member. Yes, thank you. I'm doing quite well. And we, uh, I shot my best score ever, tied it for the uh, third time tying it, which was no big deal. I kind of knew I was, I, it's a 74. I knew I was coming down the barrel shooting the 74 if I do a couple of things, whatever. But as I was walking off the course, my playing partner, a good buddy of mine who built this new putter mine, oh, We'll do it next episode, uh, but I forgot to bring it in. He built me a Franken putter, which is really amazing, uh, the ingenuity of how he designed it. But um, he said, uh, you know, you bogeyed the last five holes coming in. And that was the only time I started to put everything together. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> imagine that, because I knew I was bogeying holes, but I didn't put five together in my head. I just, it was just kind of happening. Some of them were like, oh, thank God I got a bogey. Some of them were, eh, that was close. But I guess five in a row at the wrong time is five in a row at the wrong time. Coasted into my third 74 ever. So, but I had an eagle. I had an eagle because <clears throat> the number 11th hole is a short, 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 short par four up the hill, 230 yards with wind in your face into the sun. And uh, I hit a baby driver and it was just perfect draw. And the way it landed on the green, I looked over at him and said, that'd be a sweet ace that nobody would believe. And when I got up there and looked at the ball marker and where the ball was, it didn't lip out because those greens are pretty slow and that ball was pretty far away from the hole, but it, I, I'm really curious to know how close it came from the hole to get a to hoop in it, even though it's an insanely short par four. Still, it's an ace nonetheless. Exactly, it's a one and a four. It's an albatross, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, it's the my my full disclosure. I'm only gonna say it one time, so you're gonna hear it, Matt, and uh, anyone listening to this right now is gonna remember. The par at my private club is 66. It's nine holes and it's 33 par, and you have to play it twice. I rarely mm -hmm. play it twice. I rarely keep score, honestly. But, you know, if somebody tells me the number, I know the number. And that's what it was. I've shot 74 out there twice and 74 once at Encinitas Ranch way back in the day. And uh, those are my best scores. I, uh, I'm a bit of a grinder. I tend to live in the upper 70s, low 80s, just every day. And I like it. 
I like it a lot. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about my golf life the past week. Work work has been picking up. It's rainy on the weekends and uh, nice during the week. For anyone who's just listening just now, pick this episode as your first. I am a caddy at Van Dunes Golf Resort at Bandon, Oregon, United States of America, North American continent, planet Earth. And uh, Smitty can be found. You're not working from home anymore, are you? I still am, yeah. So I'll probably working from home for the foreseeable future. Um, who knows? Maybe up to a year, actually. Our, uh, we're, we're pretty strict up here in Stratford, Ontario, Canada, North America, Earth, Universe, Milky Way. Milky Way. <laughs> well, it makes sense to me. I mean, seeing how you can still do your job, and we'll get into the golf uh, very, very shortly, folks, just to hold your water for a second. Um, one of these things in these times, and by these times, I mean the COVID-19 crisis and the subsequent fallout from that economically and <clears throat> socially and otherwise, is I'm realizing, and, I, and a lot of people are realizing, I've been doing this Zoom podcast thing for a long time. I'm hosting a mm-hmm. trivia right after this, once we wrap this up, via Zoom that I've been doing since the quarantine started and, uh, and even ended. But ultimately, it's a lot of jobs, people are realizing how they can telecommunicate now a lot more. I mean, and how Zoom is like way simpler than Skype and way more reliable and successful than Skype. I hope they're listening and you heard it here, not first, but there you go. But um, yeah, I, I was curious to see how your job was going to shake out in uh, your line of work uh, in terms of uh, possibly working from home. And also, folks, as he said, uh, we have an international relationship. Absolutely. I'm north, you're south. You know, we're, we're basically border buddies. <clears throat> Absolutely. We're, oh, we're three hours apart in, uh, in time, but... You know, at the same time, I, I guess I just experience everything faster than you do. Does that make me more special or how does this work? Like you're always slow. Can I call you slow since you're always late or like what's going on? Well, the word for slow used to be retard. To retard something, like to retard engine timing. That meant to yeah. slow it down. Uh, I will accept neither retard nor slow. Um, I was going to call you sophisticated, but then you said you were fast. So I tell you what, we'll, we'll get back to me next week and maybe we'll come up. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hover around something because... Uh, I don't not not like it to give you a triple negative. So yeah, we'll, <clears throat> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We alluded to you folks uh, graciously listening in your ear uh, that we are going to be talking about one time major winners uh, this time around. We're going to, we're going to try to keep this one short because it's a really broad subject. And this also can kind of be concurrent with the what if golf category, so to speak. I mean, cause uh, that's why I love John Daly. He's, he's not a fluke. He has two majors for God's sakes. And even then, then on the other side of the coin, you have Zach Johnson, who has more than one major. I mean, if you have, like, I have two aces. I want a third just because I look at, like, one, anyone can get. Two is, okay, that's, you know, you play a lot of golf. But three means, okay, you're something. And that's just my opinion. So with the one-time major winners, there's a lot of characters out there from, like, very polished professionals who never really reached their prime or their peak or both or either. And then there's guys who are like your 1969 U.S. Open winner, Orville Moody, who's a former United States Army drill instructor. You just got your, you got all these stories here and there. I wrote down a few names here, but I know, I know uh, our, my intrepid colleague here, Matt, has come up with much, 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 much more in-depth analysis with uh, some people deeper in time. I'm going to just rattle off a couple quick names with nothing in particular, just in terms of not say I'm going to talk and you're going to talk for 40 minutes, but a couple things that stand out to me that are, they're still com- uh, competitive golfers. You have Dustin Johnson and Jim Furyk who are both in the top five on the PGA career money list. And each one of them only has one major. I mean, it's hard to believe. I mean, Jim Furyk's been around a long time. That's magnificent. Dustin Johnson, one of my favorite golfers, as stalwart as he is and as good as he is only has one major. And that was at a really odd venue for him to win it at. But Matt, what do you think about those two guys who are active players? They could still win. It. We, we probably could subdivide two categories of players who have one, ma- one major and never going to win another one or players who have won one major. And we'll call it like the Sergio Garcia line, so to speak. But Matt, what do you think? Yeah. Like he, you know, when the topic of one time major winners comes up, it's always, you know, is it, is it someone that did not live up to the potential only got one? Is it uh, somebody that maybe kind of lucked into one? Is it somebody that, um, you know, due to unfortunate circumstances, injury, whatever it might be, you know, their career was halted or prematurely started. Right. It's like, you know, there's so many ways to spin it. And, and the way I kind of looked at it was, I've got two categories, kind of like the best 
major winner for each major and then kind of the most irrelevant. And I kind of went modern with that, but there's definitely a ton of ways you can spin it for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the whole best one-time winner in each major was an idea I spit to uh, Matt uh, via text a few hours ago where I just said, because each major, you know, if you have your one major championship as a golfer, as per what major that applies to, you're kind of stuck in that lore. I mean, uh, you could have somebody like, take Tom Kite, for example, won the 92 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach under crazy weather circumstances, which also had Gil Morgan setting the U.S. Open scoring record for a time and then falling back. I mean, that's the U.S. Open is one of the most enigmatic, craziest uh, majors, in my opinion. But Tom Kite, one-time major winner, a, a many-time money winner on tour. I don't have his stats in front of me, but it's at least multiple seasons he was uh, the, the money leader. But, um, yeah, I mean, and that's not modern day per se. But it's like that's why I, I always always compare DJ and Tom Kite to each other just career wise, where it's just like, well, this is how these guys can finish up. I'm not saying how they strike the ball or how they play golf, just how these guys finish up, where they have tons of money, uh, 20 plus PGA wins, uh, tour wins, excuse me, and one, just one major. I mean, but Tom Kite's major was in a U.S. Open, so he's going to be t- not tied to any Augusta lore or or any uh, uh, U.S. Uh, or British Open. I tried it tried to avoid saying British I said U.S. first open championship history I mean and then there's I'd say the PGA champions who there's a lot of one-timers in that cat I feel like that's almost the one that's the one-timer category that might be the hardest one to pick I Mm. mean you got Jason Days and your Nick Prices who guys who guys Nick Price has two by the way no he's got three he's got two PGAs and a British uh, open championship oh forgive me I was I was thinking about the one open championship but I mean but but more to the Jason Day point how good he how, how well he golfs or plays golf rather. I know that bothers some people and how I always thought he'd be like a foil in America's side, but he never really, never really amounted to it because of injury, like you said. So Absolutely. why don't we jump into, and then, and then I also real quick, I have a couple fun ones on here, like Rich Beam. Hello. I mean, love that guy. Lo- love that one month of golf in 2002 where he was just on fire. And then, uh, and then Tommy Bolt for crying out loud. I mean, everybody's, I thought, yeah. fav- everybody's favorite club thrower. How do you not love the guy and relate to him? Who else is a club thrower? And wow. don't say John. I was going to say Rory McIlroy dunked one in the middle of the pond at Bay Hill, didn't he? Did he throw a club, though? Yeah, he tossed it in the pond. Oh, I'm sorry. When you said dunked one, I'm like, you mean, yeah, he hit one in the pond there. Yeah, that people do it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm unaware of uh, Rory uh, throwing equipment into the pond. Well, we, we've got recent equipment controversies with Bryson DeChambeau and, and Sergio mm-hmm. taking holes out of the bunker, getting kicked out of uh, Dubai or wherever he was, Saudi maybe. True. Speaking of another one-time major winner right there, it took him a long time to get it. Took him a long time to get it. Adam Scott, another good one-time major winner. Who could? He's top of my list for to break off of that list. Yeah, um, exactly. So let's but, dive uh, in. Where are we going but, with this? But, but go, well, real quick, going back to Tommy Bolt. I mean, that guy threw clubs when he was happy too. With like, like that was his thing. That was terrible Tommy Bolt's thing. Um, but to finish off my list, just in terms of, I was just trying to think of eclectic, cool one-time major winners before we get Smitty really into the nuts and bolts here. Fred Couples, that guy only won one major. God, 92 was a weird year, wasn't it? He might I mean, be on my list. Come on. Well, I'm teasing it here. And then you got Paul Lowry, who, with the exception of a couple other showings and majors, won a major because, yeah, he played well in the final round of the 99 Open Championship, but John Vandevelt also barfed up his airline lunch all over his, like, you know, spats there at the very end, so... Uh, I, so what, the, which one do you want to start off with, Smitty? You want to start off with best one-time winner in each major or the most irrelevant winners? Well, let's go best. Uh, you know, you're talking up a storm today. You're pretty heated up. Let's see where you go with this. No, you first. Oh, me first. <laughs> um, oh, I, best I, I, one... shot my, I shot my wad. I spent all my bullets. That's why I was getting it all out of the way. That's why I was fired up. Best one-time major champion. Um, I'm going to go to the open championship. Have you got any guesses? See, and I, 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 I unfortunately started thinking of collapses or players who should have won more majors and, uh, Greg Norman pops up, but I know he has two open championships and this is where, God, I don't know how many Tony Jacklin has per se, but I know he has more than one major. Let's, so let's go can't... 1990 and, and forward. So let's go more recent. Well, then we got back-to-back ones in 96 with Tom Lehman and 97 with Justin Leonard. Did I just spoil two spots in your list or just one of them? You're, you're, you're getting warmer. Oh, warmer. Um, 
Oh, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I didn't even write this guy down. Is it DD? It's DD, man. Double D. Uh, David Duvall. Uh, I feel like cool. I, that's actually, that should have been the leadoff hitter in this whole conversation. Well, I think that's why I chose that one first. So yeah, like I had him as my my best one-time major champion and it, and his major being the Open Championship. So um, kind of cult status, right? You know, he had his had his signature look, the Oakley wraparounds, kind of the uh, the round body, let's say, in the uh, in in the era of Tiger coming up and the more athletic bodies starting to to come into into vogue. So, oh, you know, bite every- your tongue, dog. I I don't have the physique of David Duvall, but I love the hip turn, and I would embrace it if I was more flexible. Come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, yeah like got to keep your head down, though. I mean, mm. he, he comes on the scene in 1995, right? Comes out of the the old Nike Tour. Uh, he wins 13 PGA Tour tournaments between '97 and 2001. Um, gets to number one status, shoots the famous 59. He finally gets his oh, open. Yeah. Finally gets his major, right? The 2001 Open Championship. Never wins again. Now, see, you say, it's funny how you worded that, because you say he finally gets his Open Championship. I really felt like his career was damn near over at that point, because it was 2001, summer of 2001, and Tiger had already burst onto the scene winning the 1999 PGA Championship, and then DJ won the 2000 Masters, but then Tiger won the 2000 US Open at Pebble, the mm-hmm. 2000 uh, British Open at uh, St. Andrews, the 2000 PGA at Valhalla, like, he was just in the 2001 uh, Masters. But he, like, he had his little slam there. And then yeah. all of a sudden, David Duvall just sneaks up, like, right in the middle of we, like how quickly you forget. So, something like that, you know what I mean? Where he wasn't even – he was just off the back burner. He was just off the griddle, no more removed from being a year or two from being the number one player in the world, the last number one player in the world from Tiger. It was like Dominique Wilkins before Michael Jordan showed up. Nothing was wrong with Dominique. It's just, hello, bad timing. It's like Clyde Drexler when Jordan showed up, stuff like that. So, honestly. Now, 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 something to remember here is, like, his 1998 season was pretty stellar, right? So, Amir yeah. that year had won two majors. But David Duvall gets the PGA Tour. He's the money list winner. He's the Varden Trophy and the Nelson Award winner for 1998. So, he has this giant year, comes out in 99, shoots the 59, right? He makes eagle in the final hole to do that. Comes out, basically the 99 Ryder Cup, right? He has the famous, I believe, the, the fist pump there. He wins his, his singles match. Oh, yeah. He looked like uh, the owner of the Clippers, uh, Steve Ballmer, when, they're, when he's like dancing. Yeah, white guy trying to dance. You, yeah, I think yeah, he, thank he, you. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. the shirt kind of half untucked. The old, It's almost like a montage golf polo. Like, anyways, it, it's so bad that it, it, it's so bad that it's good. With the leather woven belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. You know the look, some some khaki pants. If it's not your dad, it's your preacher. Go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, he he wins the Open Championship in 2001. He's, he's playing the Nike clubs. He's got the big sponsorship, right? And then basically vanishes, right? Some, some wrists, some back. You know, some people were saying he was chasing the physique kind of stuff. Um, it ended up being, you know basically vertigo right couldn't keep his balance so i can't keep yeah. my balance when i'm trying to hit bombs so I, I i can't can't excuse the guy for not being able to keep his balance trying to read a putt but yeah that's that's my uh my number one i guess if i if i'm gonna blow the water my first one it's got to be double d no that's fair the man had a golf ball at least for one year named after remember when they had the the nike tour the accuracy, tour accuracy like, dd but before that, the predecessor before that was the TW, which everyone knows all the annals of the stories of like uh, the stand for? ball and everything. Yeah. But it started off as the tour accuracy. Like there was a tour distance. I remember as a kid, I tried to get all the Nike balls because I was poor. But uh, the, the, but then you had tour accuracy, tour accuracy TW, which I heard was only 5% firmer cover-wise than the – or core-wise because one is different than the other, but in the end it results in the same meaning. And then, uh, so Tigers was 5% firmer than the uh, tour accuracy. And then David Duvall's, the DD, was 5% more firmer than that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you want to talk about splitting hairs? Yeah, you had Nike with Tiger. It'd be like if Scottie Pippen had a shoe right next to Jordan. 
I don't know what the nickname would be. We can call it the the pass. The big Pippen. baller brand. We have the Air Jordan and the Pass Pippen. And but here we have the the Nike Tour Accuracy TW and the Nike Tour Accuracy DD, and they mm. are slightly different golf balls. Slightly, like we're talking, like Bridgestone E5 and E6 have a way bigger canyon of difference. So I don't know, just a weird thought. But that's a that's probably the best one for the Open Championship. Uh, what's your next uh, major you want to talk about in terms of the best one timers? Um, you already mentioned Jim Furyk. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about U.S. Open. You already kind of hinted Fred Couples. He's he's our Masters. He, he's my you know Masters lore. I guess you know. I was I was hoping honestly you'd come up with Quirky. I mean that's why I'm saying like oh I could say the best one time U.S. Open champion ever could be Dustin Johnson. Technically the guy's playing under the shadow of a penalty in 2015 mm-hmm. and he still stepped away from the field and just marched away and in the way he normally does when he wins. Except he, that was just his only major so. That's why I like eclectic. That's why I like weird. I like different. So I, I scratched a name out that I, I, I really think swing-wise, one of the best of all time for PGA Championship, 1995, Riviera, Steve Elkington. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah uh, I had him right there with Paul Azinger up there as great one-time champs for the PGA category. But yeah, Steve Elkington is very high on the list. So, so I scratched him out, and I actually put Davis Love the third. Another good one. Seven Wingfoot. He used to be my Dominique Wilkins comparison with the Tiger Woods thing, but I thought David Duvall was a lot more fitting. Yeah, yeah, DL3. Just, uh, you know, kind of – I want to say he's like a, a – he was like the previous Matt Kuchar. You know, never won a ton, but was always right there. ton of top tens. Listen. Lots li- of money. Listen, stop, Matt. This is the Bomb Squad podcast, okay? Matt Kuchar has never hit a bomb in his life, even if, it was a, even if it was a popsicle that he threw up in midair and had a wiffle ball back, and it was a bomb pop. No, Matt Kuchar's never hit bombs in his life. David Slub III had the one move that I've always worshipped in a swing ever, but I've never admitted out loud until now that it's my favorite swing ever is. That man, for having a very lily frame and not knowing how to move his shoulders, and he walks like a droopy lady sometimes, he has the greatest swing arc ever where his hands I was gonna say width width oh, width width width, width, yeah, width width not just not just arc can mean a lot of things swing arc width that man anytime i'm ever struggling with my swing or i was back in the day i just thought to myself dl3 keep the hands away push yep. the hands away doesn't work these days because i've my swing has changed and that would make me start getting huge fat shots but i mean i'm glad you robbed dl3 i i didn't write him down but i forgot about him but yeah it's the pga championship save for Walter Hagen being the greatest ever is littered with all these one-time champions. I mean, what us, uh, but <clears throat> excuse me, do we got anything, uh, anyone else beyond, I mean, Steve Elkington, he rose to the occasion on that tournament too. Like mm-hmm. that was, that was a nutsy gutsy performance where did he really deserve to win per se, or was he like a really hot player at the time? No, but, but he was the right player at the right time, much like Rich, excuse me, Rich Beam in O2. Yeah. I want to say, I want to say Elk, he either birdied – did he birdie 18 just to get into the playoff with Monty? Because it was a playoff victory. And I want to say it was him and Stuart Appleby or Robert Allenby, one of the two. It was, I think it was Appleby and – was Stricker in there at all? Or am I mess, mixing that up with something else? Might have been close. I was listening to No Laying Up Guys today. They had a really good episode on uh, – The collapses? Uh, their favorite collapses. I'm glad we didn't do that one because those guys would have smoked us uh, times 10 as they should. But, mm. um, but they, they mentioned Steve Elkington, like, right off the top in terms of collapses because uh, it, w- it was not only Elkington playing good that day, but there was other guys falling away. So Yeah, so Elkington sank a 20-foot birdie putt on the first playoff hole to defeat Monty. Oh, forgive me. I'm sorry. I, no, it was a website I read that mentioned Elkington first, not the no-laying-up guys. I don't want to get that incorrect. Nobody's no, – sorry. Mm-hmm. So Ernie Elves oh, is right there. Which, by the way, I know it's a little late in this in the show, but uh, and I know Ty will hate us once he gets the segments ready. But uh, I think Matt, your drink looks like you use a drink. What are you drinking tonight? It's just a uh, Ryan Ginger. Got some of uh, Gibson's finest. I've got in there the old gold label mixed with some ginger ale. But I went I went discount ginger ale just to see what the difference might be. There's such a thing. Yeah, like like no name. I don't know if you guys like. I, in the states, is that, literally, is that literally the the name, no name, or are you just being like generic? 
generic, but yes, in Canada, oh. there literally is a brand called No Name, and it's genius. <laughs> no, that, that is perfect. It's like a bar I saw in Baltimore once that was called, uh, um, it was called like, I don't know, or something. Yeah. Somebody like, where were you last night? I don't know. <laughs> Just yeah. like, one of, those, like one of those things. Absolutely. So yeah, kind of genius. So yeah, I'm keeping it on the straight and narrow tonight. Just a little bit of Ryan Gingy. You? Perfect. Sorry, Ty, uh, if you have to dig this out, if we ever get a segment in it. If not, I just look like the fool I always am, but I'm just doing my regular cheap bourbon and Coca-Cola. I'm going to start repping for this bourbon, though, because I tell you what, I get, it's called Extra Brooks. It's just like any other cheap bourbon that comes out of uh, Kentucky. They're just like anything else. Ty, Ty makes fun of me when I, when I claim Jim Beam, and honestly, I'd kill for some Jim Beam right now, even though it's only a couple bucks more. I'm just being stingy, but this stuff, when you have Coca-Cola, which tastes great, and you're just drinking regular bourbon, 90-proof stuff, it tastes good, and this stuff is uh, on sale at my liquor store for $27 for a handle. We call a handle the 1.75 liter. Yeah, the 60. We call them 60s up here, 60 ounces. 60, that's, that's so, okay, so like when somebody says they have a fifth of vodka or like a fifth of Jack, that's the regular size one, and then the bigger one, you call yeah. 60? That's we call them How 60. come you guys go imperial when we go metric? I don't it, it's still 1.75 liters let's not no 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 time out from the golf show i almost want to pause the recording hold on a second i i, I don't 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 quote me on the 60 ounces here but i'm pretty sure like they just call it a 60 but all the big bottles they have a handle on them so yeah you guys call them handles we call them 60s i have not no all of our bottles have, now not all of our bottles have handles on them that used to be an old-fashioned bootlegging thing but still, still nonetheless what I'm stuck on is the only thing, and God, here we are back on the Bomb Squad podcast. Yeah. So 1.75 liters is 59.175 U.S. fluid ounces. So we call them 60s here. Look, the only thing that we should measure empirically is drives because it's much sexier to say you hit it 300 yards than 280 meters, okay? What Other about, that, what about it, penises? What if you go with centimeters? Like, oh, mine's like 30 centimeters. Well, shut up. Hey, do you know how big 30 centimeters is, dog? I mean, off the top of my head. Probably way bigger than mine, not going to lie. <laughs> Sorry if I make the host just burst out laughing here, but since we're on the topic. Well, I figured, I mean, I need to steer the wheel back onto the road. But I could, just, like, press, I could just press the gas while we're driving down the cliff, too. But, my God, I didn't think we were going to go off the road that hard. Senior. Ah, <laughs> oh, my God. Like yeah. yeah, I need a drink after that one and a smoke. Mm. Mm. So, anyways, uh, you know what? Scrub everything we were talking about. I apologize to everyone who was punching their dashboard talking about uh, they knew what 60 ounces is. But you guys are weird with the 60 ounces. But I like it. And I'm going to start saying it at my American stores. And they're not going to understand shit. Exactly. Those Yankees, those Yankees don't understand nothing. All right. So we got two majors down. What's uh we got the US Open and the Masters. Well, give me whichever one is next on your mind here. I I'd say it's a tie for me. I've got Fred Couples as Masters, but I also have Jim Furyk as US Open. And now I think it sounds like it's, hold on. It sounds like you might have had like a long time thinking about this. Who are your runners up or honorable mentions in each category? Do you have them handy? I I don't really have them handy. Um, well, then let's just let's brainstorm. It, if I if I look at a list of one time Masters winners, right? And and again, I that Masters lore, it just adds to it, right? So whenever you think of, you know. If you, if you if you compare all one-time masters or sorry one-time major winners the masters win always kind of creep up to the top because every year you're reminded of the same people winning the same tournament hey do you remember what happened in 92 like the rain softened the bank and and freddie's ball hung up and then he he he, he makes his par on 12 and ends up winning by one like Look, I know, you're remembers that. I know you're lobbying for Mike Weir's dick to grow an extra 10 centimeters here for being a Masters winner, but you're telling me that his victory is way more important than Jim Furyk's U.S. Open win or DJ's Open win? Well, I, oh, I, I'm I think... I'm, an, I'm sorry, I'm an American. That's I say Open win, I refer to U.S. Open. That's a bad, bad habit of me. It is. Let, let's not look at it as in just single wins, but let's look at it as a career. Um you know, Freddie, obviously very marketable, you know, boom, boom, Freddie. If, if anybody epitomizes the bomb squad pod, like it's gotta be a guy whose name is boom, boom. 
that'd be great to get him uh, not on the show per se, but I mean, we got to like license his, uh, his silhouette or something like the logo for the NBA. But, listen. but it would be, but it would be him just so swaggy walking down the fairway with his Freddie couples. Like basically DJ's a 2.0 upgrade over Freddie. Like Freddie, like I've, I've heard some stories and it's like, cause Warren Sy, a Canadian golf hall of famer was his roommate or played on the team at Houston for a year. And it's like, oh yeah, like it, it takes a special animal to compete on the PGA Tour and be be a champion, right? It's almost somebody who can flip their brain off. And Warren kind of said, like, it, we weren't really sure if there was a switch to put his brain on. He was just off all the time, just cool, like nothing would ever phase you, nothing gets to you, right? So, so, so what you're telling me is, even though we're going backwards, all of Benjamin Button style, if DJ and Matt Kuchar fucked and had a kid, Freddie Couples would pop out. Yeah, but he'd never tip anybody. That has nothing to do with it. Man, I was like hitting like seven categories here and you want to make up an eighth to make me look bad? I dig it. I understand. But come on. It is what it is. Yeah, so I, I've got him in there closely with the U.S. Open. I would say best just, just based off of career performance. Jim Furyk with a 59 and a 58 on tour. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. It's funny because he's – He's so I don't want to use the term lunch pail like like he brings it every time or like to work or whatever so to speak but he has those numbers he keeps still competing and teaming up in these majors as he's in his early fifties and even no shout out to the equipment he's playing because it's not it's kind of disparaging or whatever but the guy can't hit it out of his shadow he's turned into Lauren Roberts uh, circa nineteen or nineteen ninety nine two thousand where you can only carry the ball two fifty and I I'm sorry on this tour or in this day and age if you want to tee it up regularly or at least in the majors where they tip it mm. out and like. Just, and you have to hit it that far just to get to the fairway? Yeah, I, I, anytime I hear a low driving carry average, I'm like, I hate to say it, I automatically think Beth Page, number 10, where I'm just like, you got to hit it 290 to reach the fairway. So, mm-hmm. sorry, distance does matter. It really does. Yeah. Well, like, that's a lot of centimeters just to get there. I really, especially, you know how many zillions of centimeters and uh, millions of penai that is? Uh, so, that covers all the best one-time winners in each major very comprehensive i honestly like this time just setting the ball up to you smitty i was really kind of thinking not hoping thinking that you were going to go real deep on us but i remember out of all the majors the one that i know the most about as i mentioned before is the u.s open i've read books about it that are strictly um uh, pertaining to the champions and and that tournament alone and the courses there and everything and that tournament alone is riddled with one-time champions and for as much as I want to ridicule one-time champions or say it's fluky, well, then my favorite tournament busted out. And if you want to say, let's be democratic or let's be like, you know, who's, who just happens to be the toughest nails guys for the month of a uh, couple months in the summer. Hell yeah. That's what I'm all about. I mean, it's like golf combat, so to speak, or Ironman of golf. Yeah. The way I looked at us open, it was kind of weird because I, I couldn't really identify a player that, you know, when you think about a major champion, you think of somebody who's got their game together you know, they've probably strung a bunch of successful years on tour together. But like, by looking at that list, like nobody really stands out to you and says, I'm Mr. Irrelevant when it comes to being a major champion. So it was a lot more difficult for sure to be the US Open kind of Mr. Irrelevant. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. And, 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 not, and not to mention, I mean, I feel like going back to the what ifs episode we did, if things bounce a certain way, Rory McIlroy, could be a one-time major champion for God's sakes. He really could be. I mean, that's just the nature of, that's why I really look at him with a very nice scoop of pedigree because Rory McIlroy has like the most majors out of like all the active players right now, so to speak, or at least he's like primed to like be, I'm, I'm sorry, Tiger, and I'm sorry, Phil. I'm, I'm just talking about the guys who are like 30 and younger, 35 and younger. Uh, yeah. Rory McIlroy's already got like the first half of his Hall of Fame career established, so to speak, if not like first three quarters of it, so... Yeah, you look at like his early major victories and you go, okay, you did that all, you know, five, well, almost 10 years ago, 2011 was his first major. Um, and, and 10 years ago, this past April would have been his epic collapse, right? Which was, yeah. well, sorry, it would have been uh, nine years ago, this past March. Or oh, April. yeah, sorry. He, the collapse on 11 and 11. That's right. Uh, on 10, 11, 12. Yeah. So he... He collapses, and then Mr. Irrelevant for me in the, in the Masters category is, uh, is Charles Schwartzel. Oh, come on, dog. The one saving grace about Charlie is he birdies, yeah, he birdies like the last four holes. But 
He wouldn't have even been there if McElroy doesn't just epically you, collapse. You sound like you sound like some prick that's listened to me talk before. Sound like Karen for Pete's sake. I didn't know. I was gonna give you a break to come up with some irrelevant guys, and you just come straight out of the shoot, just like on your right, boom. Well, I, I love how you say like, how could the guy be a multiple major champ? He won congressional just walking away, and then he won in the PGA at uh, Kiowa walking away, right? Oh no, no, no! I that's why I, I didn't want to. I don't want to break down any all of Rory's like tournaments saying what if i'm just saying i mean saying there were what ifs that would have made him a one-time major winner i'm just saying mm-hmm. given the profile how good rory mcelroy is right now and given the parody of uh, golf and everything like that i would not be surprised if rory mcelroy would be in our conversation of one-time major champion the fact For that he sure. has what, the fact that he has what he has i'm very happy with because i feel like he's a, he's better than most and he should get more that's all yeah, and and again, he kind of was getting started while Tiger was still in some type of, of prime condition too, right? So if he would have stayed healthy, yeah. who knows what those additional majors would look like. But but yeah, like yeah, I, I, other than Schwarzel winning a major, like when is he relevant? No, I, no, I, I, I agree 100%. I like to – I love to defend his Masters victory because it was one of those things where didn't really know anything about the guy, didn't care anything about the guy – uh great grammar jerry and i essentially but when i heard how he just like kind of like zip just zipped up there and burning the last four holes like the way he did and i remember watching him burn those holes and just kind of like okay at least the guy who won uh earned the shit out of it like he came right up like when it mattered the most and yes of, uh, of the take, remaining take it, from a guy, take it from a guy who just bogeyed the last five holes and didn't know it. he burned his last four yeah, like, think of it this way yes rory may or may not have quote-unquote lost it but Charles, at the end of the day, he won it out of everybody else left over. It's exactly like the uh, the the Faldo uh, uh, Greg Norman situation. Was that ninety three or ninety six? That was ninety six. Ninety six. Excuse me. Yeah. Five not probably. only. Yeah. Not only did Nick fall, uh, did uh, Greg Norman fall apart a bit. I wouldn't say he had a meltdown, and I wouldn't say he just had a so-so round. It was somewhere in between. Did he shoot like seventy-eight or something? It was just something that was like not not good. Uh, not seventy-five something. to sixty-seven. I want to say. See, that was it. So the seventy-five isn't that ungodly, but it's kind of like you know chokeworthy, definitely. And then you had your, the guy flying right next to you, uh, Iceman, right there, shooting a cool five under while already being in position or whatever. It was like, it was the most James Bond win to Faldo's career. I mean, that it, that tournament should be looked at from Faldo's eyes, not from Norman's eyes ever, just in terms of you want a real story. Look at the guy who like was right there watching it and like doing it. I mean, Faldo was an assassin. Nobody ever talks about that. Six majors. Six majors. That's a very odd number in terms of guys all time. Especially so, when uh, it's three and three and none of the others. It's just three masters, three open championships. Well, I mean, hell, Hale Irwin's that way with three U.S. Opens and nothing else. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of – yes, there's, there are guys like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick, uh, before we close this out, you got – you, how many more do you have here? You got two more majors, two more relevance? Um, I got three more relevance. Okay, well, here, you get them chambered in a perfect order. I'm going to give everyone a little, little, little read from our friends over at Gorse Golf. GorseGolf.com, my great friend Crazy. I love seeing him at work. He's uh, – we talk about this stuff every day. The podcast is head covers. He makes head covers, folks. It's a day and age where the fancy head covers are 100 to 200 bucks a pop. That's You see it, whether it's like Links and Legends or Legends and Souls or, or, or Seamus Golf. And I'm friends with Akbar. He does great work, and I love the man, and I own a lot of his stuff personally. Didn't pay for it. But Crazy offers beautiful head covers, so beautiful that some of them gotten recalled, and they're only 50 bucks a pop. And if you type into the promo and coupon code area, Bomb Squad Pod, all one word. You'll get an additional 10% off on the head covers. Head covers that suit pretty much all your needs. He doesn't have hybrid head covers right now because this, his good attention to detail is they weren't staying on. He got a couple customer reviews. He took them all back, took them all off the market. He's not selling hybrid head covers right now because there's a little problem with uh, the stitching. The stitching is so, I, I don't know if you've ever seen one in person, Matt, because they're kind of random, but the stitching is so fine, like on the neck or whatever, that it just to keep the art the way it is. It doesn't work the right way to keep its elasticity. Essentially, he didn't want to have a faulty product out there. So we just pulled the line of work. But gorsegolf.com, so G-O-R-S-E, golf.com. Check out their Instagram page, at gorsegolf. Uh, they got tons of great stuff. I love them. I can't pick out what – I need to carry – I start carrying like six hybrids and three woods just so I can pick out what, uh, what I love from them. And also, if you have any questions 
that you want to send myself or Mr. Smith to the uh, uh, Bomb Squad podcast here or our friends at Sports Travel Radio Network. You can reach us at bombsquadpodqna at gmail.com. That's bombsquadqna, bombsquadpod, bombsquad. See, I'm going to get better at this, I promise. bombsquadpodqna at gmail.com. Mr. Schmee? Do you think we should add some numbers at the end of that email just to make it more unique, or what should we do there? Uh, no, it's already set in stone, dog, and I like it clean. I used to have my, my Twitter handle used to have a one at the end of it, and once I learned how I can go back and change it, found out whoever had the original handle to make me have a one didn't exist anymore, so Perfect. All right, who do you got for your next three players? Give me a good order. Sensationalize me. Well, let's go in the uh, the previous calendar order, I guess, would be Masters, U.S. Open, Open Championship, and PGA. So U.S. Open it is. I, I couldn't decide between the two. Hopefully you can maybe decide for me. Scott Simpson and Lucas Glover. Oh, Jesus. As a relevant U.S. Open winner. So it's good that you react that way and you go, who? No, it's I well I that that kind of like, like other back. than Lucas Glover's wife beating the crap out of him and like I guess trying to call the cops and sue no. him, divorce. I, I, that was messy. That good for them to reconcile. I think they reconciled. But moving past that, when you when you talk about Lucas Glover, the last thing you probably think about is 2009 U.S. Open at Bethpage. I think about he and I had the same white Nike shoes because it was the first pair of white shoes I ever got in my life. But I think I, I picked, think I think I picked them up in like 2011, so it's different. Like when I think 09 US Open, I think Ricky Barnes, again, just blowing up, right? He had this- A little bit. Box. Yeah. Well, and hey- Scott, uh, Scott Simpson, I, I, I just think of the mustache. I don't think of him as a US Open champion. Well, uh, to go back to the snap hooks, uh, one Jonathan Daly in 2005 at the old course at St. Andrews, said, can I hook it all day and it's not out of bounds? And they said, yep. And he said, okay. And the man trotted on and fought off a, a very lucky playoff uh, participant in, in Roca. But uh, I, did, I get the, the Scott Simpson – God, what year, what year did he win? It was 96? Mm, no, that would have been Andy North. Um, it was in the 80s, 87. No, no, no. Andy North did not win in the 90s. Oh, no, sorry. I'm thinking um... – I'm, I'm thinking Scott Brown. I'm thinking Oakland Hills, but uh, ooh, maybe that's a an irrelevant U.S. Open winner right there. It, it wasn't necessarily irrelevant because that was one Steve of Jones. Kennedy. Steve Jones. Jones. Was, Steve Jones. Yeah, sorry, it, it was another S name. Yeah, uh, Steve Jones was '96, correct? Scott Simpson was '87. That's right. Uh, I Olympic apologize. Uh, okay, well, I gotta say, you know what? Good point. Uh, for as much as I like to brag about U.S. Open uh, winner knowledge, I don't know squat about Scott Simpson, except that he's. Uh, Probably a distant cousin of uh, Webb Simpson, another U.S. Open winner. Or did he win a PGA? Is that is that another irrelevant? No, Webb. Webb's a U.S. Open. Yeah, I knew his. No, I remember knew. Birdman. Yeah, 2012, right? Uh, 2011, 2012. Yeah, 2012. 2012. Man, I'm feeling good today. I'm swishing them without looking. So, um, yeah, I guess I don't know. I guess to me then, but this is because I'm kind of an ignoramus. Scott Simpson would be my one I'd pick out of the two because I reacted that way. I just, eh. mm-hmm. so. Kind of long forgotten, but uh, yeah. So that'd be my Mr. Irrelevant U.S. Open one time. But Lucas Glover, Lucas Glover for the record, it seems like a golfer who is trying to be the forgotten golfer. Like I, I remember seeing him in person at the Farmer's Open and I just, as soon as you spot, saw him, you're just like, who is that guy? He, he looks like a guy walking inside the ropes, but trying not to be noticed. Like he's his like, hat's all pulled down. He's like, yeah, he's, he's like, got like and like the sunscreen globs on him and it's like heads down or whatever it's like the opposite of Stuart sink i mean well Stuart sink pulls his hat down so he doesn't reveal his white no, he, white white forehead well it's not because but it's not because of shame it's because of like health come on dog yeah fair enough anyways you get more um, cancer solar panels i get it i, I i'd say i'd say lucas glover is almost like eeyore it's like ah oh, shucks no he's but he, but Eeyore still has like an endearing quality to him. I like where your head's at. That's a very, very good comparison. Well, we might have to circle right back to another episode or I'll text you later, but no, there's, there, there's a certain amount of like, like Eeyore, let's just pretend all the characters on, uh, it wasn't Sesame Street, but whatever the hell, Winnie the Pooh, wherever they, the hell they <laughs> um, 
yeah, you, you know, all those animals, wherever they lived. Let's just all pretend they were all like all club co-owners uh, at like uh, scores in New York, like uh, like uh, Bruce Willis and a lot of guys are. He's the guy, like Heath Ledger would go into the club and like disguise himself and then go into the bathroom and essentially ask people if, hey, do I look like anybody? Hey, has you seen Heath Ledger here? That's what I, that's what Webb's, uh, not Webb, oh gosh, I'm sorry, Webb, uh, what Lucas Glover strikes me as. Like he's the guy who's like wearing a disguise, but he does, but his disguise isn't dressed up like anyone around him. Like he stands so out like a star. So if he the- put on Scott Simpson's mustache, you'd never know he's a major champion. That is the exact faux way to go. I mean, he's he's the most. <laughs> I just thought of it a second ago. He's like the most boringest guy to stand out. That's Luke. Exactly. That, exactly. That's it. But at least I know who he is. <laughs> it, it, open championship. I, I think this one almost explains itself. It, it's Sean Vandeveld. Ah. Uh, wait, he didn't win a major. You're right. So um, no, but I'm glad you said John Vandeveld because who won instead of him? Who knows? Nobody knows. Oh uh, well, hey, hold on. I evidently Paul Lowry went on to have, or is it Jed Lowry, the shortstop for the Athletics back in the day? I'm not sure. They spelled it, it differently. We'll get back to the, we'll get back. Hey, Peter, we'll get back to the board on that. Um, but ultimately, Paul Lowry's had a very interesting career in terms of I kind of follow him in and out on social media, and this guy gets a lot of gravity and attention for only being close in a couple other majors in his life. He did play very well in the final round of the '99 uh, Open Championship, shot in the. Guy shot like a 67 or something. Like he, he went after it. He went and got it. But Vandeveld just, you know, like I said, puking on himself on an 18th hole, 72nd hole. It's, it would have been a lot different if two or three or one thing didn't happen differently for Vandeveld. I mean, and then exactly. who, who's to say about Larry after that? Exactly. Um, and then finally, PGA Championship. I got another tie. And one would be 09. And then, that's not that's not the Duffner year, is it? No, not quite. He he actually wasn't that far off my list to be Mister Relevant, only because he's no, still playing. Jason Duffner and is and most Mr. average. Jason Duffner is like most Mister of the road, middle of the road, everything. Absolutely. So the '09 PGA Championship and the '03 PGA Championship. Wait, I can't believe I'm just now remembering who the '09 PGA Champion is. I know who it is, and '03 PGA Champion. David Toms. Nope. Okay. Let's back up on the 03 PJ. That was a one. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. So, so Oak Hill, maybe a famous, famous seven iron to the 18th hole stuffs it to about three, four, six inches. Wait, what PGA? PGA Oak Hill. Sean McKeel. You got it. Oh God. I thought he, Oh, I, I, I get him mixed up with Chan Campbell sometimes, getting close in like 08 or 09 at the Masters. I For some reason, those two pumpkin-headed jack-o'-lantern-looking fucks. Well, that's because he defeated Chad Campbell by a shot. He birdied the hole there to beat him. Hey, we, why didn't we include Chad Campbell in our what-if? Oh, my God, that would have been ripe with oh, – oh. Well, he was in the playoff with uh, Kenny Perry and uh, Cabrera. Exactly. I mean, so he, did he was featured. His, we did address that. Yes, we did. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me take it back a little bit. I take it back a little bit. Um, yeah, Sean McKeel. Uh, Sean Laser McKeel. No, wait. I have that written here as Rich Laser Beam. Excuse me. <laughs> what about what about 2009 though? Oh, that was a uh, TC. No, no. Y E Yang. You got it. TC Chen. Is that what you're going for there? No. Um, <laughs> ultimately, the only thing I got to say about the Y E Yang thing is. The only reason why that stood out in my head was, oh, wait, that was late 09. Then Tiger World happened. I mean, that was it. That's it. That's all I remember was I had just a month before that major, the 09 PGA, I'd gotten fired from being a golf professional on the East Coast. And I was kind of riding unemployment. And the guy I was living with who, I mean, we did okay. It's just I wasn't like golfing every day like I used to. I didn't have any money. And my my car, the brakes died like two days after I got fired. So I'm like, well, no car, no job. This is a real fun period of time. So. We sold a bunch of scrap out of some uh, uh, some coils out of uh, AC units and wouldn't got ironically play the golf course I used to be a pro at. And that was the day, it was a Sunday, the final round of the 09 PGA. And I remember going to the grill and snack bar, getting a hot dog or something with like the last four bucks that I had, looking up at the TV going like, oh, it's Tiger and this Asian guy duking it out. Oh, it looks like Tiger's doing pretty bad. And then we just got in the cart and went to the back nine. And then I always remember that moment going like, oh, that was the last time I saw Tiger play golf. Like, I mean, I know yeah. he won the Masters, obviously, but it was that was like – 
obviously what happened at Thanksgiving uh, in the following months was a uh, tragic. So for all sides. Absolutely. So, so yeah, that's my list. Well, that is, that is a really lovely list and we hit a pretty good time here. I, I really appreciate you uh, joining me, uh, Mr. Smith and appreciate you all joining us in your ear, in your head, in your dashboard, wherever you're at. Um, where can we find you? Uh, let me, let me see. Like I said, here's the end of the show buttons. Where can we find you, Matt? Do you have an Instagram? Do you have a Twitter? Uh, talk to us socially. I do. I'm uh, at Bomb Squad Matt. That's two T's, M-A-T-T, on the old Twitter machine. And on the IG, the photo machine, just Bomb Squad Matt. So you can find me there. Matt is uh, very, very universally branded, and I really appreciate that of him. Unfortunately, I have to maintain my brand on Twitter as uh, at Jerry Lou Looper because I started the account as Abandoned Dunes Caddy, just talking shit about how cool we are and how much everyone else sucks, except for the tour jocks. And uh, I still maintain that, but at the same time, Sheep Ranch is open now. Things are uh, chugging out there. And uh, I uh, got mm, a couple pictures today. Didn't really have too many. I was double bagging. It was a little tough to get pictures when you're dealing with people who are zigzagging and playing military golf on different sides of the fairway. And a lot of the holes at uh, Sheep Ranch... Well, a lot of people, a lot of the holes at Sheep Ranch are cross-winded, uh, a little more so than the rest of the holes. So it's a little tough. I don't like running backwards or side to side when I'm caddying. That's a lack of efficiency and counterproductive. But if I put those pictures up, you will see them at that underscore looper underscore life, that looper life with underscores in between on Instagram. It's a fairly new account. I don't have many followers. I just put fun pictures up with a fun free filter that I swear I make fun of people with filters, but I use it and I like it. So that's uh that's about it um we should be gosh if we don't squeeze in another episode which you'll be hearing next uh, about some other fun general universal golf topic uh, maybe the next time you'll be hearing us we'll be talking about live golf we won't be doing uh, it live, but you know what i'm talking about it sounds so good it sounds so good any sports would be good so anyways folks we appreciate it uh thanks for joining the show matt hope you play some golf this week and make sure if you like those bombs, you stand far enough away. That's a terrible Absolutely. ending phrase, but we're working on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, we'll, Coach, we'll get better from here. We promise. Matt promises. I endorse it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cody Spackler, shout out.